WBNE. Storytelling Podcast Week is starting soon. Join me Wednesday, July 21st through Sunday, July 25th for live story salons, interviews, panels, and live episodes, including my panel, Speaking on Fandoms, at 5 p.m. on Saturday, July 24th. You'll also have the opportunity to interact with some of your favorite podcasters across fiction and nonfiction shows, including the podcasters behind Cryptids, Grammar Girl, Welcome to Night Vale, Within the Wires, BBC's The Comb, Why It Matters, and more as they join live in real time on Podbean Live, where podcasts come to life. Register now, podcastweek.live slash storytelling. And my listeners can use the code JRR for a free pass. That's podcastweek.live slash storytelling and use the code JRR for a free pass. I'll see you at Storytelling Podcast Week. Hello and welcome to episode 107, All About the Hobbit, chapter 19, The Last Stage, being the 107th part of That's What I'm Talking About. Hello, my name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by Bethany Pyle. Hello, and Caspian in the background. Who should be quiet. He's fine. I apologize in advance if he barks. He's fine. He just loves Lord of the Rings. All dogs are welcome. Well, this isn't Lord of the Rings. This is The Hobbit. Oh, sorry. For the last time, this is The Hobbit. That was really aggressive. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Welcome to (laughs) episode... 100 and I've truly lost track of the episode numbers at this point. I don't know what episode number it says. It's one. It's, it's been a lot. Yeah. Hundred something. I don't know. Right. I think we have a thing, but, you and I, of doing lasts. Yeah, I was thinking about, I, I usually Lasts like would again. bring you in for like the last chapter of the book or the last chapter of the mid book. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then we did extended Return of the King. I think oh, that's yeah. the last one I did. Perfect. So we do a lot of endings. So you know what? Technically, when we end this recording, we could just pop the Hobbit movie right in. Ooh, I think ooh. Oh, I think you're oh, busy. I've got, yeah, I've got big plans. <laughs> no, I will absolutely watch those movies with you just for funsies because I really want to know what you think of them. I truly... Like, I wanted to watch very certain interested. scenes of Lord of the Rings with you because they're fantastic and I wanted to see your reaction to that. I just want to, like, a mystery science theater kind of viewing of The Hobbit with you. I want to watch watch you be angry. If you want, I can just, whenever I watch it, even if I'm not here, Mm -hmm. we can just, oh, you don't don't have an iPhone, but we can video call or whatever. I mean, my Samsung still does video calls. Okay, well, I don't know. (laughs) I've sold my soul to, what's his name? Not Jeffrey Bezos. No, I was about Be- to say Jeffrey Jeff Bezos. Bezos. <laughs> the, the Jeffrey Bezos of Apple. What's his name? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Rip. Unfortunately. <laughs> anyway, Bethany, why don't you tell us about your first reading of The Hobbit? When did that happen? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, The Hobbit is a, more of a kid's book, which I'm sure has been said before. So it's one that I picked up to read before Lord of the Rings. Um, I, confession, I've never really liked The Hobbit as much, even as a kid. Um, so I did that fun thing where I'd pick it up and read, like, three chapters and then stop. And then enough time would pass that I would start it over again and I'd read the same three chapters and then stop. So, so you I know the first three chapters times. really well. well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably read it for the first time all the way through in, like, early high school at some point. 
like after I'd gotten really into Lord of the Rings and the movies and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I enjoy it. It's a very different story than Lord of the Rings. Um, I enjoy listening to you talk about the early episodes where it's like, there's dogs walking around on their hind legs serving and like just kind of what is up with that like (laughs) silly things happening which doesn't really happen no i was gonna say not necessarily silly just like tolkien was just like la-di-da-di-da yeah oh absolutely and then he wrote lord of the rings and was like it's it's business time right now (laughs) this is the adult (laughs) there is no fun and whimsy anymore (laughs) except for when we're in tom bombadil's house or with tree that's when he got all of his whimsy out and then it was that's it sadness for the rest of the book yeah just like (laughs) hey you want to be depressed yep here we go (laughs) read this book read this book right yeah, I've heard a lot of people say similar things mm-hmm. about reading The Hobbit of them being like, I mean, I enjoy it, but it's not necessarily my favorite book or yeah. it's not something that I reread a lot. And then today, so we in the WBE Discord server, we have a thread specifically for books and I popped in a review today Ooh. of The Hobbit because I just, I literally finished right, it. You just finished. I, I read the chapter, yeah, nice. the last chapter today before I came over. Mm-hmm. And usually people will do, like, a little review and they'll give, like, how many stars. And I was like, mm-hmm. how many stars? I gave it four stars. Four out of five. Definitely not. Yeah, four out yeah. of five. Because it's definitely not, like, the perfect. There's a lot of things about this book that I'm yeah. like, what were you thinking, yeah. bro? Yeah. <laughs> this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred this over this. It would have been nice to have, I don't know, a woman. <laughs> Oh, Mary Clay, you and your progressive ideals. (laughs) Me and my feminism. (laughs) Don't I know that women didn't exist back then? Exactly. They were at home tending the children. But that's what... Side note, I'll I'll get messages or comments or whatever, be like, well, you couldn't have expected books to be written about women back then. And I'm like, have you heard of a thing called Pride and Prejudice? Yeah. Uh, Little Women? Women were writing up a storm, Um, y'all. All of the other books that I didn't read in high school, but I read the spark notes for. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you spit on the graves of the Austins. And like... Oh, wait, no, not the Austins. What's their name? Jane Austen isn't the <laughs> author. That's that's a novel written by... No, Jane Austen wrote Pride and Prejudice. Wait, no, You're thinking of the, the Jane Eyre. Jane the Eyre sisters. is the character. Yes. Okay, it's written fine. by the Brontes. <laughs> You're good. They're, you claim to be a feminist. <laughs> I know all of these names. They float around in my head. Right. I just don't know how they connect. Right, right. I'm like, did Jane Austen write Jane Eyre? I don't know. Well, thankfully, I'm a professional English major. This is true. You have a degree. I yes. do. You have you a degree can, in me telling straight. you these yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm like, people wrote books about women back then. And men Tolkien wrote books just that included women. Tolkien just hadn't met any women at that point in his life. See, now that you're saying this, this is my rabbit trail. Uh, I'm trying to think of, like, other fantasy literature. I don't know a whole lot from, like, Tolkien's era of, like, the 50s and 60s. Is about it is, the main yeah. character is a that's, girl. Does that count as a? That's more of like a children's story. I mean, though. yeah, it is a children's, think of like children's story. But I'm the also birth thinking of fantasy like, literature. Oh yeah, like Robert Jordan. Well, it starts with Beowulf. Well, if we're going all the way back, <laughs> <laughs> and there were some badass women in Beowulf. What's his name's mother? Was the monster right? It starts with the... a G, I think. Gertrude. Gertrude. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Gertrude. Ger- it's not Gilgamesh. Gret- Are you thinking of Gilgamesh? Greta. Greta. I don't know. Because that's know. a different story. <laughs> what, is, what is Gilgamesh? What is the that? The Epic of Gilgamesh. Is that, is that, is that a... That's like is that ancient a... literature. Oh, okay. That's real old. I'm going to look this know. up now because it's going to bother me. Is that... Is that... Would that by... 
That name sounds familiar. Is it like a tale around the era of like King Arthur Camelot tales? It's before that. Gilgamesh is like early people's like because I recently finished watching the show Merlin, which so I, I know Grendel, Grendel, and Grendel's mother. Grendel's mother is the worst monster. Wait, so Grendel's mother doesn't Beowulf even have a name though. Grendel, but and then but, Grendel's mother comes and kicks his ass. Okay, but Grendel's mother isn't even named. It was written just Grendel's mother in like 975 AD. <laughs> At least there's a woman. At least there's a woman in there. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, The Hobbit. I fi- yeah. Yes. Oh, that's right. I gave yeah. it four stars. Four right. out of five. Right. This is actually a really interesting concept that, like, I've been thinking a lot about of with, like, books of, like, what would it take me for me to give a book five stars? Mm. Like, five out of five? Yeah. Similarly, recently on Bacon and Eggs, they were talking about what is your 100 out of 100 perfect score movie? Ooh. And I'm like, I don't think I have, I don't think there are any movies that I would give a perfect 100 right. out of 100 unless yeah. it was like as a joke. In which case, and you know, if I wasn't being Shrek. completely serious, <laughs> such as Princess Diaries 2, Royal Engagement, that's a 100 out of 100. But like, what's wrong with that movie? I mean, what would stop you from legitimately, unironically giving, giving it, it a one? Yeah, 100. I guess. I don't know. That's the other thing is then you're like, well, is this movie or book distinguished enough to get a perfect score? Oh, whatever. Because I would never, I would give Citizen Kane a 50 out of 100. Yeah, I hated Citizen Kane. Citizen I was like Kane is terrible. In class. Thank hate you. it. Yes. yes. It's a terrible movie. But see, I think also what you said with Princess Diaries 2, you get wrapped up in your own nostalgia a little yeah. bit. And you're like, like, so like I think of, yeah. uh, I love Tuck Everlasting. That's my like feel good movie to put on, even though it's super sad. It might not be the best movie ever, but I think it's fantastic because I'm so, like, nostalgic for yeah. growing up watching it. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, I don't think there's really... Because pretty much anything I read or consume, I always come away with, that was great, but I wish X, mm. you know? Like, so with The Hobbit, I'm like, that was great, but I wish Tolkien's, like, narrative structure was mm-hmm. a bit more organized and like leveled out yeah. like throughout the whole story right where like he brushes over the most climactic part of the book yes because he didn't want to write it <laughs> he was like ah oh, crap I know how this- we've got this protagonist after he's this gonna battle. just do this other thing and someone else will take care of the big Did monster sound it? oh those were coffee mugs for some reason in my brain i was imagining him i couldn't see what was going on it just sounded like bottles cl- clinking and my alcoholic dog. Yeah, that's what I, I was like. I was like, oh my god, is he opening a little brewski? <laughs> yeah, there's always something that I'm like. Do you do Goodreads? Yeah, I am. Do you rate any? Have you, do you have any Goodreads that you've rated five stars? Well, that's what's interesting is I recently started thinking more about this, and I mm-hmm. went back in my history and I looked at the books that I gave five stars, and mm-hmm. I'm like, really? I gave that five stars? No, really? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I can't. Like, I genuinely can't think of anything that I'm like. This was mm-hmm. perfect. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Yeah. It's usually like a 9.5, you know, out of 10. Yeah. There's just, for me, there's just mm. always like one thing yeah. that I wished. So, yes, the last <laughs> stage. And like, what a, I love that, like, it kind of breaks the name of this chapter, breaks the fourth wall. Because mm. it's the last stage seems very yeah. much like a, a term that, like, writers use for, mm. like, this is the final, this is the third act of the book. Mm-hmm. This is the last, this is the last stage. Mm-hmm. This is the last part yeah. of the journey. Right. Literally. It's very theatrical. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, 
literally for the book, and then also within the story. They're mm-hmm. they're heading home, and this is the last. This is the last of it. Yep. I am thrilled that they stop in Rivendell. Oh, for sure. Love that. It's kind of been their return journey is kind of they're hitting like the highlights of the way up. I haven't read back through the others uh, ahead of time, but it's kind of fun after you do all of the battles and stuff to go back and be like, oh yeah, the bear guy, that place? And yeah, we're here and we did this thing. And so like, of course they would have to go back to Rivendell and, you know, see the, the trolls again. And, yes. you know, we're kind of working our way backwards, literally like retracing our steps and mm-hmm. seeing all that stuff again from a new perspective as Gandalf points out. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Yeah. Cause they're coming up on Rivendell to the last or first mm. homely house. Because now they're coming from the opposite direction. Right? There are so many homely the first, houses. Yeah. It's the first homely house. Yeah. Yeah. And in case you guys were missing the songs. Here they are. They're back and they're all in this chapter. Have, you see, have I sent you the meme? It's like that scene from Elf. Uh, when he's in the yeah. department store. <laughs> yeah, and it's like the There's movies. no singing in Lord of the Rings. The movies versus is. the books, yeah. We sing all the time, especially when it's really serious. <laughs> <laughs> the elves sing a little song, mm-hmm. and it's kind of talking about, like, oh, there's no treasure greater than, like, stars and the moon and nature and blah. And I'm mm-hmm. like... I'm kind of getting vibes of when, like, rich people are like, money can't buy you happiness. <laughs> oh, see, I'm just getting, like, flower child. It is kind of fun. Loops. But at the same time, it's like, they have a wonderful life, yes. you know, yeah. living in Rivendell. They're the elves. Mm-hmm. They're Not that they're rich, but, like, they're definitely, they have a great life made yeah. for them already. Yeah. So, of course, they don't care about treasure. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? It's like, well... Yeah, maybe you don't want treasure because your life is great. Mm-hmm. You're living in this magical oasis right, right. Like, where everyone sings and dances all the time. Like, of course, you don't care. Right. right. I very much would like money. Mm-hmm. Bilbo's life is significantly improved yeah, after yeah. bringing home all of this gold. <laughs> yeah. I do want to note that I read every single word. There are three songs, oh, so I think, proud. in this chapter. Yeah. And I read every single word of those did songs. You, did you... Sing them to yourself. I also listened to the audiobook. I did not even fast forward. Nice. During when the narrator was singing. They do get a little tiresome. And it was getting very long. Yeah. And I'm like walking around my room, like packing up stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, okay, that was the lot. And it would be like, (laughs) come back to the valley. And I'm like, okay, that was the end. We're still singing. That's it. And then I'll go like, oh, where are you going? That's not even the tune or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, there's more. Um, so I did listen and read every single bit of these songs. No nice. one come at me. So they meet up with Elrond mm-hmm. and have a little conversation about their journey. I so enjoy how much this parallels the return journey that they do in Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. they go back to Rivendell mm-hmm. and the hobbits are telling Bilbo, mm-hmm. who is old man Bilbo at that yes. point. Yes, <laughs> old and ugly. Um, like, the story and, like, everything that's happened. And so mm-hmm. it mentions here that Ga- that Bilbo pretty much lets Gandalf talk and tell everyone what's happened mm-hmm. because he is really tired and he's falling yeah. asleep. And he's already heard a lot of this story. Yeah. He was there for most yeah, of it. Yeah, he, he was kinda, there for it. He kind of perks oh my up God. and hears some new stuff. Okay, so this is true, true story. Not exaggerating this at all. So when my sister got married, mm. she asked my grandma, and they got the pictures back, she asked one of my grandmas um, if 
she wanted some like prints if they wanted to like they wanted to like send her like a nice framed photo or something you know Mm -hmm. like a family photo or like oh do you want to see some of the pictures Mm -hmm. like we can send you some because she's not hooked up on you know any technology so she wouldn't have seen them on facebook and she said well why would i need to see them i was there oh that's such a sweet grandma response (laughs) oh my god classic anyway yeah so bilbo is falling asleep Mm -hmm. however every now and again he would open one eye and listen when a part of the story which he did not yet know came in and this is pretty much exactly what happens in lord of the rings mm-hmm. when frodo and them are telling them the, him the story and he's so tired and he's falling asleep mm-hmm. and then every now and then he'd like wake up and be like yeah like, i've been listening, listening. Yep, i've been yep. listening the whole time mm-hmm. yes uh-huh mm-hmm. uh-huh <laughs> I don't know if Tolkien, like, you know, intended to do that for Lord of the Rings, too. I think Tolkien does everything intentionally. I don't know about that. Uh. <laughs> I don't know about that. Actually, you know what? It's kind of the opposite where he does things almost too intentionally. Yeah, right. There it is. <laughs> That's it. He does things, like, way too Man knows exactly what he's doing. And so then I wrote down, I was like... Oh, wait, I would, you know what? I like to think that maybe the reason we never really learn what Gandalf was up to is because Bilbo fell asleep and he didn't hear that part of the story. So he didn't write it down. Yeah, so he didn't write it down. Mm -hmm. And then, like, literally the next paragraph, it says, it was in this way that he learned where Gandalf had been to. And I was like, oh, okay, never mind. Here we go. And then (laughs) you get, like, a few little lines about it. Have you talked at all on your podcast about the necromancer? So my understanding is that this is Sauron. Okay. I don't know. So Or some kind of... Oh, okay. Cool. I yeah. thought you were going to oh, be like, I'm well! So no, sure. And I like could have phrased that differently. Like flipped to like an annotated whatever. I should have, I should um, have done that. So Pause my, and I'll Google real quick. No, no, no. Sounds so smart. my understanding is that this... So, okay. So it mentions that Gandalf had been... He had been to a great council of the White Wizards masters of lore and good magic and they had been dealing with this necromancer mm-hmm. it was a dark some kind of dark lord mm-hmm. and he had been in the south of Mirkwood. Mm-hmm. whatever they did sent him off and gandalf is like i doubt that we fixed that forever yeah and then elrond says it would be well indeed said elrond but i fear that will not come about in this age of the world or for many after mm. So it's my understanding from, like, past conversations that this necromancer is eventually what would become Sauron in Lord of the Rings. It's like his spirit or something. Yeah, like, it's either the same character or they just used a different word Mm -hmm. here. And this character eventually grows into and becomes Sauron. That would make sense. Yeah. So I love this, like, even if Tolkien... Because that's, that's the thing, like, reading The Hobbit, and especially about the ring, and, like, he, in this story, it's just, like, it turns you invisible. Right, yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, um, obviously, he wouldn't know mm-hmm. yet. Right. Um, it would be, like, another 20 years before yeah. he wrote Lord of the Rings. And that's kind of nice. I'm sure that makes sense, yeah, that he wrote yeah. this before and wasn't entirely planning that out. But as far as, like, a prequel goes to Lord of the Rings, it doesn't feel as much, like, it's not in your face of like, oh, this is what's going to happen. Like foreshadowing, yeah. foreshadowing. Like the ring's not very scary. Frodo's never mentioned in this book. Like, yeah, he definitely like, feels very separate, mm-hmm. but there's enough little things in here, like with the necromancer and with the ring and Gollum and stuff that like connects the two, but mm-hmm. they still very much feel like separate stories. So that's what I love about this little note mm-hmm. from Elrond of being like, 
you know, I wish it too that he was gone forever, but mm-hmm. I doubt that's ever going to happen mm-hmm. in our, you know, in our lifetime. And it's kind of like, so even if Tolkien hadn't even been thinking about like future stories in this world mm-hmm. or like what happens after this or anything mm-hmm. and, you know, what eventually turned into Lord of the Rings, even if he hadn't been thinking about that at all, mm-hmm. it is still really cool to see these like really subtle hints mm-hmm. of like what's to come yeah. of being like, well, we may, like, there may be, like, greater darkness in our future, mm. like, in the coming ages. Yeah. Um, because of this necromancer. Mm-hmm. You know, I doubt, I doubt we've seen the last of him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and maybe, maybe he did write this line as, like, a way to, like, work in and weave in, mm. like, future things. Yeah, I think Because so. I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure he did, you don't just... <laughs> You don't just, you know, have someone approach you and be like, your book, The Hobbit, did really well. We need you to write more. And then be like, okay, let me see what I can come up with. Right, yeah. He clearly had all of these other ideas floating around in his insane head of his. (laughs) And this book, like, it's a fun ending because it is very satisfying. Like, you get to the end... You know, Bilbo's got all of his money back at home. (gasps) Spoiler alert! Oh Oh my god! But it's... There's not yeah, a yeah. cliffhanger at the end, yes. but you could also, if you read into it enough, be like, well, what about this ring? Well, what about... Yeah, what about, like, these like, There could things. very yeah. easily be more stories connected to this, mm-hmm. uh, but there doesn't have to be. Yeah. So that's kind of a nice... Which is kind of, like, I think that's how most, like, TV shows these days try to end mm-hmm. their season, especially, like... <laughs> Just in case they don't Especially, get like, Netflix shows yeah. and stuff that won't necessarily be renewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed this a lot recently where, like, they'll end them, mm-hmm. and, like, it's a satisfying ending, but there's still, like, there's a couple of one things. or two things yep. that if they did get renewed for another season or mm-hmm. whatever, that they could easily go back to. Yeah. And then in Tolkien's case, he did get he renewed! Did, yeah. Woo! He got <laughs> renewed for three more seasons quite a while actually he got he got renewed for one season and they were like this is gonna be a hundred episodes long we're gonna split it into three seasons is it it one season or is it three Mary Kay I I mean technically it's six because each book has two books in it so anyway you're gonna gonna get all the haters now (laughs) they're not listening anymore we don't get all of the details, which is what I had wished, and what I believe yeah. they go into in the movie. And I hope they go into in the movie, considering there's three, it's freaking three of them. Movies. <laughs> they go into so much I in the hope. movie that you never wanted them to. I hope that we see more of whatever the hell Gandalf was doing here. Well, the other thing, though, is that they do have this advantage when they were making the Hobbit movies. Mm. They at least had the advantage of, like, they do know what was coming after yeah. The Hobbit yeah. when they were making the movies, because obviously, you know, Lord of the Rings had already happened. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like reverse engineering the mm. story yeah. of, like, adding in extra details that Tolkien hadn't even, like, thought of Gosh, I can't. at the moment. Uh, we gotta stop talking about the movies. I'm gonna say stuff and... See, here's the thing. Uh. I really... I don't think I'm gonna hate them. No, because no. there's not really a single part of the story... That I'm like, oh my god, if they were to cut this or if they were to change this or ruin this, I ruin this, I would yeah. like with Faramir, you know? I think that was terrible and awful, and right, I'm still yeah. seething. I think there's not a single part about this that I was like, if they were to not do this right, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. Or I would be I don't know what I just said. It's been a long time since I've watched all of the movies, honestly, because I'm not a fan of them. But as I remember, there's not a lot in the book 
like from the book story that they do like a Faramir, like they remove, there's just a lot of adding. Yeah. Which I'm fine with. Okay. Unless it's, well, actually, no, no, I'm fine with because they have the room to do that. Mm. Whereas with the Lord of the Rings movies, whenever they added something, it meant that something was being taken taken away. Yeah. Yeah. So like Aragorn's death fake out, whatever, him falling off the cliff. Like they added that unnecessarily and it took away from other storylines that they could have devoted more time to or or whatever, you know? Which reverse problem with this, they took a very small book and stretched it. Because money! Like butter over too much much bread. Oh! (laughs) Mic drop! I'm definitely using that for a meme at yes. some point. You've made it to I'm stealing that idea. I'll credit you. Pile. Yes. I'll credit you. Well, I mean, technically it's copyright J.R.R. Tolkien. Whatever. <laughs> you miss 100% of the shots you never <laughs> take. Michael Scott. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Like butter scraped over too much bread. J.R.R. Tolkien, Tolkin, Bethany Pyle. <laughs> Mary Claywalk. <laughs> So then Bilbo eventually does, he falls asleep, and then he this wakes up. This cracks me up. And he's been, like, tucked into bed, and there are elves outside singing. And I I'm like, you know what? I picture them just, like, right under his window, not being subtle, just, like, screwing with him. Like, singing really loud. Well, that's like... what, so that's what's funny about this. So he, he wakes up in this, like, comfy bed, mm. and it's all beautiful. And it just says that there are elves singing and then it's like another it's like supposed to be a lullaby yeah and it's not until bilbo's like sticks his head out the window it's like mm. oh my god shut up you're, you're being so loud <laughs> would waken a drunken goblin yeah <laughs> that like up until then i'm thinking like oh this is so ethereal right like right. he's like going to sleep he's like woken up in this really nice comfy bed like, and they're like chirping. elves singing in the background and then you find out that they're actually you know they're being jerks they're partying yeah they're, they're intentionally yeah. messing with him, um, which I think is hilarious. Yeah, and they say, your sno- your snores would waken a stone dragon. They're like, it's They're almost- like, it's dawn. Come on, buddy. Yeah, they're like, get up. Like, it's go time. Rise and shine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Bilbo's like, I'm so sleepy. Um, I think I'm going to go back to bed now. Right. Can you guys please be quiet? Shut up. Yeah. Quiet hours are in effect. <laughs> <laughs> so he does eventually get enough rest Side note, I don't know why he has all this weariness, because they spent several months in Bjorn's house. Right, It was him and Gandalf. They Mm. spent the entirety of winter, Mm -hmm. because at at this point, it's... And almost all of spring, I guess. Yeah, right. Because by the time they get to the Shire, it's June. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they spent, like, four months resting at Bjorn's house. Bilbo's been working very hard for a hobbit. (laughs) And like, he sure, went to there battle. is, he there did is nothing the journey, I guess, from Bjorn's house to Rivendell. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> excuse me. It is a lot of traveling that they've been doing. But still, so. like, you shouldn't be that tired, bro. Okay, next time I you hitchhike that. across the <laughs> I was country. Gonna say, I say that as someone who is still tired a week later from, right? <laughs> from traveling yes. 
like a full day of travel for sitting in a car from New Hampshire, not even yeah. walking. So then, eventually, after he is well rested enough, he and Gandalf leave because, mm-hmm. as much fun as this place is, he still wants to go wants home. Wants to go home. Um, however, just this like little stint of them being here, I was like, I can see why Bilbo in Lord of the Rings is like, I'm gonna go to Rivendell for mm-hmm. retirement. You know? Yeah, like, right. That's where I'm. Gonna... Who would not want to go to Rivendell for retirement? Same. It's just Same. where you rest and chill, and except for when elves are singing, screaming at you. Yeah. your windowsill in the middle <laughs> yeah, of the night. Yeah, yeah. So they leave. I love this little part. So the song that they were singing said something like, Mary is Maytime. Mm-hmm. Like, this is springtime. It's all fun and, you know, everything's fun and games. Mm-hmm. It's all dandy and sunshine and whatever. And then they start leaving and it, there's all this, like, wind and rain and it's, like, dark. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah, Bilbo says, Mary is Maytime, but our back is to legends and we are coming home. I suppose this is the first taste of it. Mm-hmm. And I love that of, like, well... Back to reality. Yep. Yep. Back to reality. Yep. And again, this is the exact same thing that they did at the beginning of the book when they set off on their journey. They got caught in, like, these horrible rainstorms. And Bilbo's like, huh, maybe adventures aren't that great. Right, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I guess he still kind of feels the same way. He's like, this sucks. I'm kind of done with adventures. Yeah. It's time to go home. Gandalf says, there's a long road yet. And Bilbo said, but it is the last road. Mm-hmm. He's like, yes, there. it's a long road, but this is it. It's, yep. the, home, it's the home stretch. Last, last layover. Home stretch, yeah. <laughs> As they're, like, walking back towards the Shire, yeah, Bilbo's like, oh, that's the river where the horse fell in. Mm-hmm. And that's the place where Gandalf abandoned us and we right. got, you know, captured <laughs> by, by trolls. trolls. <laughs> and I forgot the trolls' names were Tom right. and Bert and Bill. They're so... I love average. That. I love that. It's so unwhimsical, it's not, but it yeah. is whimsical. Yeah, it's yeah. just funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I forgot that they had buried some of the treasure that mm-hmm. they had taken from the trolls. And Bilba's like, I don't. So they need already all of have this. treasure from the dragon and everything. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't need all of this. Mm-hmm. Gandalf, you can take some. And Gandalf encourages him to take a little bit. Yep. And then it says that the ponies the poor were ponies. not. <laughs> yeah. The ponies were not happy about that. Because um, they've been carrying all this stuff. But then they the walked most of the time to give the ponies a break. Yeah. And it notes that at one point it gets hot enough that he <laughs> wipes his face with a red silk handkerchief. No, not a single one of his own had survived. He had borrowed this one from Elrond. Yep. Off all like, of the oh, things. The He's still also, upset about forgetting his handkerchief. Side note, I don't know how to spell, spell the word handkerchief. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was writing in my notes and I was like, I know how to spell handkerchief. I don't need to look no, at no. it in the book. Right. And then I looked at it and I was like, that's not how Wait to spell a minute. handkerchief. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love that. Just the tiny little, because yep. in the beginning, that, that was, was how the, we started. That was, was like, wait, thing. we have to go back. I forgot Princess. my handkerchief. Yep. yep. <laughs> what am I going to blow my and nose also, into? It's so fun because, like, you know, Bilbo's very much the, like, everyman little peasant or whatever. And now the only handkerchief that he has it's has come from, like, the king the, of the elves. Yeah, yeah the elven king. Yeah. It's red silk. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And yes, it is now June. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a full year yep. since they left. Yep. And as they approach the Shire, Bilbo sings. So I thought, and maybe it is. Actually, I can check because my copy has the first chapter of the oh, Fellowship at the cool. back. I thought the song was The Road Goes Ever. Oh, it is. Okay. In Fellowship, it is The Road Goes Ever On and On. Yeah. And here, it's Roads Go Ever On and mm. On. So I thought I had just, I thought I had like... Like What's Mandela like, yeah, effect. Yeah, yeah. I thought I had Mandela <laughs> affected myself. Oh no. <laughs> but no, it's just two different, different printings yeah. of it. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so he sings like Bilbo's song, basically. Mm-hmm. That, a lot, and that like a lot of home. people 
Um, it's like a very memorable part of like Tolkien's writing. Like the road yeah. goes ever on and on. Yeah. And Gandalf looks at him and says, <laughs> "You are not the Hobbit that you were." Aww, I love that. Just so I, great. I love the idea of Gandalf being like. Yes, I've corrupted you. You've grown so much, right? <laughs> and it's a fun little thing, too, because like we've been saying, there's a lot of similarities. Um, you know, he's still talking about his handkerchiefs, and he's still complaining about the rain, which are all things that he was doing mm-hmm. before this. But inside, he's very different. He's got a different outlook yes. on these things. And yeah. He's grown so much. So proud. And they return to his home. Mm-hmm. But Wait. But wait, but wait, they actually discovered that it's been taken over by a fascist regime. Down with the police. And the hobbits have to leave an uprising and defund the police. Oh, wait, no, that's oh, wait. a little dark. I'm sure we won't ever write that. <laughs> no, I did, however, like this little parallel of like, they come home and you think, oh, okay, that's going to be it. But then there's like one more thing. Yep. The only difference is that here it's way smaller, way smaller. funnier yeah. than you come that's home and find out like, that. Oh, they think he's dead. <laughs> so they come home to find that all of Bilbo's possessions are being auctioned off. Right. Um, and as it so happens, the auction started at 10 o'clock that morning. Mm-hmm. He's right in the middle of it. And I love this. It's like the law firm of Messrs. Grub, Grub, and Burroughs. Yeah. <laughs> Like Johnson and Johnson, yeah, Johnson Johnson and Smith or whatever, you know. What's that? uh, What's that law firm around here that's like Johnson 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 and Johnson or something? something Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Have you ever watched Modern Family? I have not. Um, The uh, patriarch of the family, the like grandfather, Mm -hmm. he has a a business called Closets, 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 Closets. (laughs) (laughs) Why? It just is. Okay. I don't know. Cool, yeah, cool. closets, 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 closets. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, like, supposed to be a play on, like, Johnson, 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 right, Johnson, yeah. you know, or whatever. It's just, like, the meme when you do all of the work in the group project. Yeah. <laughs> this auction is happening because mm-hmm. Bilbo had been declared presumed dead. Mm-hmm. I wonder what all of the Hobbit's, like, reactions were when he just showed up, like, hello? What? Actually, I already have a meme in mind. Don't yes, worry, perfect, don't perfect. It's from Emperor's New Groove. Yes. Um, when Yzma's <laughs> like, isn't he dead? Kronk's like, well, he's not as dead as we would have hoped. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Bilbo has come back to ruin the fun of the auction. By taking his things back that are rightfully his. I love this part. It mentions that Bilbo's cousins, the Saxville Baggins, were in fact busy measuring his rooms to see if their own furniture would fit. Yup. So funny. Oh my gosh. They see an opportunity and they take it. And I don't think in the in the first chapter there may have been a mention of the Saxville Baggins. I don't mm. remember. This is the point in the story where I was like, okay, The Hobbit was worth reading just for more of this, like, setup of right. the Saxville Baggins. All of the family drama. That, like, I saw in, in Fellowship of the Ring. Mm-hmm. It was worth it to read this just to get all just this get other, that. like, background information. Yes. Yeah, so Bilbo, it mentions that, like, for several years, it was a legal bother. Right, and people didn't <laughs> actually ever believe that he was really alive. alive. Yeah, they, like... <laughs> It took, well, I don't necessarily even know if it was that, but maybe just, like, it took several years for, like, word to spread to everyone Mm -hmm. of someone to be, like, no, he's not dead. Like, someone's, like, they're talking about Bilbo, and they're, like, oh, yeah, Bilbo's invited us to tea, and they're, like, 
Bilbo Baggins, isn't he dead? And it's like, no, didn't you hear? <laughs> he actually came back alive. <laughs> I mean, it's this auction that's happening at Bag End. So I would assume people have to be there in person. Yeah, those people. Yeah. And those people are the ones that are mad because they... It mentions that some of his stuff had been sold from next to nothing to <laughs> old songs. Mm-hmm. Which is not... It said, which is not at, unusual at auctions. So basically people were singing songs. Oh, no, I... I think that's a... For their furniture. I think that's a turn of phrase. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. That's a saying. Like, oh, how much did you sell that for? Oh, it went for a song. Oh. Like, it was cheap. Oh. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, frankly. I like your... I like your... (laughs) Well, okay. I would have... I would have interpreted that as something more metaphorical. But it was the parentheses that made me think maybe it was literal, yeah, of, I think, which is not unusual. Oh, for sure, yeah. At auctions. I think it's just Tolkien being funny. Okay, well, I like my version better. I do, yes. Sorry. It's a, with all of the singing that has happened in this chapter, it's not inconceivable that there would have been more for Bilbo's well, Okay, stuff. well, moving on swiftly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Bilbo has to, like... haggle basically to get his own yeah he has to buy his own things back some people do give it back but for the most part he has to buy it back Mm -hmm. and then it mentions that many of his silver spoons mysteriously disappeared and were never accounted for Mm -hmm. personally he suspected the Saxville Bagginses on their side they never admitted that the returned Baggins was genuine and so which I like to think of he comes back and they're like, we're going to need a DNA test. Right. <laughs> you don't look anything like the we're Bilbo not, How we do we know? know you're not an imposter? Right, you know? right. And they were not on friendly terms with Bilbo ever after. Which, like, were they before, honestly? They really had wanted to live in his nice hobbit hole so very much. Oh, my gosh. So funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love that right. so much. It's and so it's, petty. And it sets up. A lot of my favorite parts from the first chapter of Fellowship of the Ring. Tolkien's, like, writing and humor and wit in this last chapter, Mm -hmm. for some reason, I appreciated way more than any other chapter. Really? Like, I don't know if it was just, like, my nostalgia of, like, oh, I'm finishing the book, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. but, like, I found it so much more enjoyable. Yeah. So I love that he says, indeed, Bilbo found that he had lost more than spoons. Like, he's just so witty and fun. Like, mm-hmm. ah, okay, fine, Tolkien, you're a good writer, this, whatever. This is very witty as opposed to, I don't know, yeah. the, like, kind of whimsical, goofy, almost, like, childish stuff. Yeah. Early and also, this is a lovely, like, change of events from how mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings ended. Yes. Where, like, it has a much more somber mm-hmm. vibe. Yes, Of, sure. like, well, my best friend Sam and or possible lover, who knows, depending on how you read the text... Your inter- every interpretation is valid as long as you don't invalidate other people's feelings. Anyway, I'm going to disappear off the realm of this earth. Bye. Right. You know? Deuces. <laughs> like rather than like, where are my spoons? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um... And it says, it is true that forever after he remained an elf friend and had the honor of dwarves, wizards, and all such folk as ever passed that way. Mm-hmm. But he was no longer quite respectable. Yeah. And I... Again, setting, you know, setting up from what I read from Bilbo in Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. of, like, he's 
not as respectable as the rest of the hobbits because he went away and he did this crazy thing. Yep. And now he's got all of these weird people, these dwarves and wizards and such coming to visit him. And everyone's like, like, we don't talk about that. Right, right. He's the the strange one. Yeah. It says most people in the neighborhood kind of like would stay away Mm -hmm. except by his nephews and nieces on the Took side. And I was kind of wondering, I was like, is there going to be like a little mention of a nephew named Frodo? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like this would be the time to do it. Yeah. But obviously he don't get that. Tolkien wouldn't have. He probably didn't even think through that at that point in writing The Hobbit. You know, know. he probably didn't even think like, oh yeah, Bilbo has a nephew named Frodo who he adopts. It's going to be extremely important. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I do like this line, though, where he talks about the nephews and nieces, because at first you think, like, oh, yeah, because they're adventurous, and, you know, they thought it was cool that he went on adventures, and then a couple of lines later, you're like, oh, no, it's because he was giving them really cool gifts. Mm-hmm. He was buying their affection. Basically, yeah. <laughs> so he pretty much uses all of his treasure to buy presents, which he gives to his nephews and nieces. Mm-hmm. Um, it mentions that he hung his sword over the mantelpiece. And then this is a little bit of a inconsistency. Aww. His coat of mail was arranged on a stand in the hall until he lent it to a museum. That, is that his mithril shirt? I'm assuming that his myth, uh, that is his mithril shirt. I mean, But maybe. he later in Lord of the Rings gives it to gives Frodo. It to Frodo. Yeah, so yeah. this makes me wonder, maybe in between leaving Bag End... Yeah. And going to, going to the he he makes a stop by the museum because <laughs> everyone's his... still everyone's still at his party right you know right, yeah everyone's still at his party and he's like just hang on swipes it I gotta come in here and oh he steals gosh. it also just the fact that like the Shire has a museum right yeah what museum <laughs> what's what in the museum giant vegetables <laughs> <laughs> just gi- yeah just giant vegetables and then. Bilbo's coat of mail that yeah, nobody wants like, to see because like, that's too strange. Over here, yeah, there's like all these rooms that are always crowded and it's like, and here we have the world record for the largest pumpkin in the yeah. Shire. And over here's the Flocks largest Flocks of carrot. hobbits looking at all of these things. And over there is like a mithril shirt that dwarves made for an elven prince that this random hobbit got when he went on an adventure and killed a dragon or something. I don't really Moving know. Moving cl- Anyway, over along. here yeah. is the giant turnip. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, what is in the Shire Museum? Mm, Let us know, listeners. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you... Yeah, what's in the Shire Museum? Oh, my gosh. Um, And his magic ring, he kept secret. He kept a great secret, for he chiefly used it when unpleasant callers came. He's using the source of all evil. That's literally what I wrote down. I was like, so meanwhile, you know, Sauron's over wherever he is. Mm -hmm. Like, growing in power, thinking, like, where is the ring? I want the one ring. Harry Potter one version of Voldemort that's just kind of like a weird little lump. Yeah. And he's like, I need the ring. Where is it? Gotta come up with a plan to track it down somehow. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, Bilbo's like, oh, shoot, the Mormons are here. (laughs) Meanwhile, Bilbo Baggins is using the one ring to hide (laughs) from, yeah, Mormons and telemarketers. And he took to writing poetry and visiting the elves. What a life. And everyone's, meanwhile, thinking like, poor old Bilbo Baggins. He's He's, gone mad. He's, he's, you know, lost it. But it says he remained very happy to the end of his days, and those were extraordinarily long. Mm. Yeah, I'll say, considering you were in possession of the one ring. (laughs) Well, that's, uh, for jumping ahead a tiny bit, I thought it was funny when he has Balin 
Balin, Balin, how do you say his name, uh, come over and it says, if Balin noticed that Mr. Baggins' waistcoat was more extensive and had real gold buttons, Bilbo also noticed that Balin's beard was several inches longer and his jeweled belt was of great magnificence. I thought that was going to be a little hint of like, if Balin noticed that Bilbo hadn't aged, aged as much all, as he yeah, should have. He yeah, wouldn't have noticed, yeah. But it wasn't. But Again, okay. Tolkien wouldn't have... Yeah, I guess he wasn't... He wasn't thinking, thinking about, about it at that, that point. Yeah. 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 It just but. makes me laugh so much. Just imagining him <laughs> sitting down to write Lord of the Rings and he's like, oh, yo, remember this ring? <laughs> what can I do with <laughs> what that? What if, yeah. instead of it being this funny little thing that made mm-hmm. people invisible, what if? It's going to end the world. It's actually going to lead to the downfall of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> and then his wife is like, Brian! Jolkin. Jolkin! <laughs> can you please go to bed? <laughs> It's 3 a.m. <laughs> the children are afraid. <laughs> Just go to bed. Oh my gosh. I genuinely forgot what his first name is, and I still. I think it's John. It's yeah. the most basic <laughs> English name. I was like. Shulkin. I was like, I know it starts with a J. <laughs> yes, as you. So Bilbo spends his time writing his memoirs. He thought of calling them There and Back Again, A Hobbit's Holiday. Hmm. So not cute. quite. It's not just a Hobbit's there. tale these days. Hobbit's tale. Got the editor hold of it, and he was like, ah. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. And then Gandalf and Balin come over and hang out. Mm-hmm. And I do love that, like, both Bilbo and Balin have been, like, taking advantage of, like, this treasure that yes. they've recently acquired. They've been and living their best they lives. They both look better. Yep. Balin catches Bilbo up on what's happening on the mountains and Dale. We'll all be pleased to learn that Bard is leading the way. Yes, as he, we all knew he would. He's he's rebuilt Dale mm-hmm. and it is thriving. Mm-hmm. And the, the desolation is filled with birds and blossoms. It's lovely. In, in spring and... Fr- Ooh, here's more. This is like something that like more recently I was picking up about how sometimes Tolkien and The Hobbit gets very like, like Dr. Seuss. Mm. This desolation was now filled with birds and blossoms in the spring and fruit and feasting in autumn. They're sitting in the carcass of the dragon having their <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? Uh. <laughs> And Lake Town is going good. And it says that there was friendship in those parts between elves and dwarves and men. Radical. Interesting. I wonder how long that friendship between the elves (laughs) and dwarves is going to (laughs) last. Don't hold your breath. (laughs) And the old master Mm. came to a bad end. He was given gold to help the people of Lake Town, but he takes it and runs off and dies of starvation. <laughs> Bye! Um, which is all I can picture happening to Jeffrey Bezos at one point in his life. Oh my gosh. Um, it's all I could hope and pray for. Dies, dies like, of the dragon sickness. Yeah, of the dragon sickness. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the new master is popular, of course, Balanotes, mm-hmm. because he's gotten all the credit for... Right? <laughs> It's like um, it's like how Biden became president, like right as the vaccines were being made, and Biden's like, "Yes, yeah. I did this. Right. <laughs> this is all me." It's better than the other guy say, saying he did it. Yeah, uh, his uh, implementation plan, however, yes. is probably yes. better than we we stand Biden's Voldemort vaccine would have done. Yeah, yes. yes, yeah. The new master has taken credit for everything, mm. and they are singing songs that the rivers run with gold. Ah. And Bilbo's like, "Oh, the prophecy." of the old songs have come true. The prophecies have been fulfilled. <laughs> and Gandalf is like, 
well, of course, you didn't think all of this was about you, was, <laughs> did you? <laughs> Last little bit of Gandalf sass to yeah. close the book out. Yeah, yeah, he says, Surely you don't believe the prophecies because you had a hand in bringing them about yourself? You really don't suppose, do you, that all your adventures and escapes were managed by mere luck just for your sole benefit? You are a very fine person, Mr. Baggins, and I am very fond of you, but you are only quite a little fellow in a wide world after all. Thank goodness, said Bilbo laughing, and handed him the tobacco jar. The The end. Then my copy has this little illustration, and it's the Hall of Bag End, residence of B. Baggins Esquire, and it's... An illustration of his hobbit hole with the door open, which oh, I feel cool. like the door would never be open. Right, stay out. <laughs> and he and Bilbo's standing in his hall, smoking okay. his pipe. That's cool. Yeah, that's the end of The Hobbit. You have read The Big Four. I know, yeah. What do you think? I wrote for my last note, well, that's lovely. Aww. It was a very, that was a very pleasant, mm-hmm. f- just like this chapter in general, it was a yeah. very pleasant chapter. Mm-hmm. It was a very lovely way to end the book. There's a lot of falling um, action. In this book. Yeah. Like Not nearly of. as much as Lord of the well, Rings. Well, yes. <laughs> but it's a, it's a gentler fall than yes. Lord of the Rings pushes you off a cliff. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, Lord of the Rings, it doesn't push you off a cliff. It, like, pushes you up another cliff. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, okay, it's over now. And they're like, no, we have to lead a revolution. Right, right. <laughs> what falling action. Yeah, it was very pleasant. Like I said at the beginning mm-hmm. of this episode, mm-hmm. I gave it four stars out of five. Nice, nice. Um, as far as, like, this being the foundational work mm-hmm. for the majority of the fantasy genre, mm. I think it did a fine job. I don't think it's necessarily, like, the most well-constructed book no. in all of humanity. Mm-hmm. And there are certainly a lot of parts where I'm like, I don't think this is necessarily the most well-written. Mm. But, like, there's a lot of parts to it where I'm like, okay, Tolkien, I'll give it to you. You're doing something good yeah, here. Yeah, you might not be yeah. half bad after all. Right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You might actually know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So nice. I don't know too. I it was good. I'm gonna look into this after we're done talking, or maybe one of your listeners knows the answer. I don't know really when fantasy became less for children and more for adults. It might have been with Lord of the Rings um, I when think... like we started moving because, like you said, yeah. Alice in Wonderland and like books like that, which I was later. I think. I don't know when Alice in Wonderland was written. That's but... Google. Hey, Google. When was Alice in Wonderland written? 1865. God. Okay. Well, yeah. there you go. So that, like, it's very much a children's story. And The Hobbit yeah. is very much a children's story. All of C.S. Lewis's books are very much for children. So I don't know. Maybe I in, think... like, the 50s when Lord of the Rings came I feel came like out, it was Lord of the Rings. More... Because Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit... You can definitely sit down and read to your yes, kids. Yeah. You know, read with it's, your kids. It's fun. It's whimsical. It's cute. Lord of the Rings is not no. going to be a fun tale that no. you sit around and it's read It's also at long. Time. It's very long. It's very long. Your, and kid a lot... would be, your kid would be graduating college by the time you finish Right. It. Well, yeah. and there's a lot of things in there that, like, I tried reading. I did read Lord of the Rings when I was a kid because I was a nerd. But there's parts that, like, nerd. feels really long and boring yeah. for a child. And, like, so many trees. So many trees. <laughs> Oh, there's this great Twitter that thread that I read today, and it was someone talking about, like, pointing out some of the faults with Lord of the Rings and, mm-hmm. like, racism, and it's not necess- and how, like, it's not necessarily, like, this cognizant thought of mm-hmm. being like, I'm going to sit down and write something racist. Yeah, it's usually, yeah. like, an afterthought, and mm-hmm. it was talking about how Tolkien never really, he doesn't ever really describe people. Yeah. Unless they're trees. Yes. 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 <laughs> 
lots of descriptions I thought that was of hilarious. the yep, yep. And how, like, that led to people being like, oh, well, if he's not <laughs> describing people, they must all be white. Mm-hmm. And then that's how people are like, that's why hobbits can only be white. And then yeah. it's like, well, Tolkien technically didn't even we describe had that whole what they conversation like. in my Toni Morrison class which is the only thing that I thought was cool in that class I hated that class otherwise <laughs> but she explained to us when we were talking she's like there is this assumption in most readers like white or otherwise that if a character's race is not specified then they're, they're white. white yeah uh, but reading those book reading all of Toni Morrison's books obviously almost all of them are black but she still describes them and I remember there's one book and one character i can't remember which it was but she describes the character's skin as being like the color of custard my whole class we were like i don't are they white is this character white are they just very light skinned like what's like brain yeah, circuiting trying to figure we've this never, out we're like what is she saying with yeah because white people especially are not used to reading descriptions of what white people look like yeah yeah because most people are like oh yeah this is a book about a white person well and like contextually that character was treated as a black character and we're like so are they what is tony morrison doing here yeah now i want custard right yes (laughs) she thinks but yeah anyway tolkien was pretty cool pretty cool dude he's a cool dude wrote some good stories and he launching pad for my career it's all for this Thanks, Jert, for uh, writing these books Mary so Clay. I could make $70 a month on Patreon. You're a very fine person, Miss Watt. And I'm very fond of you, but you're only quite a little fellow in a wide world after all. <laughs> she thinks. Thanks you're so welcome. much. Yeah, so that's... That's it. That's it, I guess. On to the movies. This feels so much less monumental than when I finished Does it? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. It really felt like when I finished Return of the King, I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. I just read Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But now a lot more it just kind of felt like, too. oh, I just finished a book. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. much less of a, not not a, less of an achievement, but The Hobbit's a lot more approachable. Oh my God, yeah. It's so much shorter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not as much to wade through. Yeah, definitely. But, but still. Woo! Um, so the roadmap, listeners, for now is um, I believe there will be an episode next week that's going to be like, uh, I want to give like some space and like a buffer between ending the book and starting the movies. So there will be some kind of like extra or fun episode next week. We're going to watch Avatar The Last Airbender again. Avatar! (laughs) Um, And... (laughs) Not really, sorry. (laughs) You can go back in the catalog and listen to, it was a second breakfast episode around i guess it, it must have been like june 2020 it was yeah, yeah june yeah about may, a year ago. may june june or early july, july i'm trying yeah. to think of like when it would have been posted yeah 2020 um bethany and i talked a lot about avatar because she had just watched it's it for the so first time good. yeah mm-hmm. it was very fun mm-hmm. and then i will start the long journey of covering the movies <sighs> and then after and then i'm really hoping and I think it will happen. The mm-hmm. Amazon Prime series yes, will be out. Right. I mean, they're still mm-hmm. they're still saying twenty twenty one release. Really? Yeah. Gosh, I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, me neither. Right. <laughs> the, all that all I've gotten is like a vague description of like they will experience darkness. Right. That's like well, because well, they're sure. I follow on Twitter the Wheel of Time. They're doing Wheel of Time on Prime, uh, which is another big fantasy okay. story. Uh, I've heard a lot from them. But I haven't really heard anything about Lord yeah. of the Rings. So I don't, there that hasn't seems like been a lot of 
fantasy epics to get out at the same time. Yeah, there hasn't been a single, there hasn't been, as far as I know, like, an official trailer, even, like, a teaser trailer. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily even know if, like, they do teasers for TV shows. Yeah. But for something this big, I feel like they would. They would, yeah. So, as far as I know, there hasn't been a teaser trailer made yet. They Mm -hmm. haven't given an official release date yet. To the point where some people are joking, what's going to happen first, this anime movie oh my god the, the war of rohirrim the whatever Rohirrim it's called. thing yeah. yeah yeah or the amazon prime I series i forgot all about that and i'm like at this point i feel like the the Who this knows? animated movie right. is gonna happen first right it could it could <laughs> um but yeah i i'm hoping that the timing will work out that when i'm done covering the hobbit movies mm-hmm. the amazon prime series will be out That'd and then nice. i can do that yeah, yeah. and if it's not or then just I'll, like lead-ups to it yeah, and then I can do, I'll d- be doing the cartoon movies from the 70s. You could do some, like, character analysis. I'll be doing the, well, that's what I'm going to do eventually when I've actually, like, legitimately run, run out of content. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also the Soviet Union era Oh my gosh, have you heard right, about these? I have heard about that. Apparently oh, it's a, it's an experience. It's a doozy. <laughs> Bethany, also, yes. thank you for joining me. Yes, thank you so much for having me. What what, what would you again. like to hear at the end of all here things? At the end of all things again for like the third <laughs> We've time. We've done it like twenty times so far. <laughs> it's not even the end of all. This is the beginning of all things chronologically in the story. It's true. You know? Yeah, the beginning, the end of the beginning. I guess not the beginning. Yeah, the, of the end, end, but the end. I would say the Hobbit. When yeah. you finish the Hobbit, is the beginning. Wait, what? <laughs> the end of the beginning. Yes, because this is. Yes. This is where in we terms get it of like started. the grander scheme of things, well, the Silmarillion takes place before, and it's like history, right? I think so. I, I think so. But like in the in terms of like the grand scheme of like in universe the of Lord of the Rings, the narrative story. Yeah, this is where you know Bilbo bringing this ring to mm-hmm. the Shire is where it all begins. Yes, and then it ends with Frodo's finger in, getting bitten off by a goblin. In the real world, this is where like not books take off, <laughs> but like people get really invested in this yes. and go ham over it and they're like can you write us some more and he's like absolutely i'm so glad you asked <laughs> i thought you'd never ask as a matter entire of fact mythology going on right now as a matter of fact would you like to know <laughs> about these trees boy do i love do i have trees. a story for you <laughs> um anyway what would you like to share with the audience Well, again, with my uh, rabbit trail of other fantasy things, and you were talking about bad adaptations of stuff, I recently came across uh, the BBC version of The Chronicles of Narnia that I watched growing up that's a little bit traumatizing and a little bit just like absolutely I think I have weird. I think I have old DVDs of those. Yeah, here, let me go. Because I remember being given them for something related to Sunday school, and it was about the time that the like actual movie had come out and I was like, all right, we got these movies. And then I took a closer look and I was like, oh, this is like a knockoff version. No, no, it's not a knockoff. It's from, it's apparently from like 1988 and it's a B, it's the BBC. So like it's a real legit thing, but it's just the word, like the beavers in the first movie are like adult humans in these weird suits. So it's just like a fever dream. It's so weird. And it's like all of them. I was talking to a friend who also watched these growing up and we commiserated on how the silver chair specifically scared the living crap out of us growing up 
So, like, I kind of want to just watch that one to see what traumatized six-year-old Bethany so Okay, much, so listeners, but... if you want to relive traumatic yeah. childhood memories. And also just laugh at really, really bad special effects from BBC the 1980s. Chronicles of Narnia yep. is where it, it's at. Give it a watch. If anybody else grew up watching it and was also weirded out as a young child, hit me up. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's What I'm Talking About is a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBNE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Bacon and Eggs. Howdy, Yokes. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Hill, And we host Bacon and Eggs, a movie lovers podcast. It's the most roll your eyes, I've seen it before concept for a show. But with new hosts, I promise. Each week, we sit down together and watch a beloved movie. We start by looking at some critical and concrete points and let our conversation flow from there. We've covered all sorts of movies, from Jaws to Little Women. From the Lego Movie to the Lego Movie 2. From Marvel to Star Wars. From Back to the Future to Back to the Future Part 2. And tangents from our frustrations with fast food. To discussing our fear of the Mighty Loon. So if you want a podcast that makes you laugh, download Bacon and Eggs, a movie lover's podcast. With new episodes available every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts, and now on WBNE.org. Ghostbusters 2! I, I, my, my hope and dream was that you would say that. The cover art is by Graphite, aka Vaishon Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at graphite.vmb. You can get merch for That's What I'm Talking About by following the link in the episode description or going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Tolkien About Pod. I highly recommend following on social media because you get fun behind the scene things. Like I was doing a lot of random live tweeting during my first watch through of The Hobbit this past weekend. So go follow on social media or you can follow me on Twitter at MCWhatsUp and Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to look at all the different tiers and perks that are available. I just made a really cool exclusive episode available to all level patrons. So if you're a $1 patron or a $15 patron, you have early access to this episode that I recorded with Mike Schubert as a part of Podbean Storytelling Podcast Week that won't be available for at least another week if you get a pass for that event. And it probably won't be on the main feed for That's What I'm Talking About for several months until after I'm done covering the movies at least. So if you become a patron of any level, you will get access to this really cool episode. Or you can become a sponsor like Danny. Danny, thank you so much for all of your long-term continued support of the podcast. I was looking back at it and you joined in January of 2020. That was before we even had a pandemic. I can't even fathom the fact that people have been supporting me for that long. So thank you for being here with me at the end of all things. (laughs) I play that line a bit too much. Um, There's a lot of stories ending. There's a lot of things where it's here at the end of all things. Anyway, thank you for your support. And if you like what you're listening to, please rate and review. It's been a while since I've had a fresh uh, review to read. And I love, um, I love reading nice things about myself. And I also like it when people find my podcast and they read nice things about the podcast. So please rate and review. It really does help. All right. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Thanks for following us all the way, guys. We've got more to do. I hope that can come back and join you for it, but this has been fun. Yay. Yay. And that's what I'm talking about. Cool. Cool.